A question that somebody texted us over here. We're going to end with this. One of the usages of the of the problems and questions that we have is if we give everything to our child, we support them, we accept them. Why would he ever change? How does this work that a person realizes that they want to be different when you're not saying, "What's the matter with you? When are you going to be, grow up? I'm not happy with you," or at least. We're not talking about being abusive. Let me just show him. No, I'm not happy with this behavior. If I show him, wow, I love your tattoo. I love your necklace. I love your ear. La, 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 la. Why would they ever change? And if they will change, how does it work? What's going on in that, in that, in the brain of that child that is, that, that's causing the change? That was the question posed to us. The classic question. Why would a person ever change? If we tell them they're wonderful the way they are. I'll tell you, this is not a TP question. This is a general Yiddishkeit question. So I have very limited time here. I'll keep it very short. But somebody just asked me, out of Shabbos, there was actually a mother said this to me, or sent me a text. I give a parenting uh, webinar for regular parenting. Quote, unquote, regular, if anything in this gullus is regular. And uh, one of the lessons is not just unconditional love, unconditional pride. Hashem says about the Jewish people, I made them, I'm proud of them. Not what they did, who they are. So it's not just unconditional love, unconditional pride. Someone is asking me, one of the fathers, what is it, what is it, I don't even know, what is unconditional pride? The guy happens to be a Rav, a Paisik. So I spoke to him in Halacha language. I said, if you haven't seen your child for 30 days, do you have a Shiloh whether or not you can make a Shechiano? That's what it means. It means I'm happy to see you. It means it's a pleasure to be around you. That's what it means. So anyways, this, this, this mother texts me out of Shabbos. And she says, I can't do this for my child because I can't do it for myself. Because if I will accept the fact that I am my part, that Hashem is proud of me just because I'm His creation, just because of who I am, then why would I even be religious? Why would I even keep Torah mitzvahs? And this is not a mother of a kip. This is a mother doing regular parenting. And she's struggling with this question. So I told her, very simple, it was out of Shabbos, so I kept it to the point. I said, doing mitzvahs is not what makes a Jew infinitely worthy, but rather Doing mitzvahs is how a Jew expresses their infinite worth. So you're reversing the whole thing. You're thinking that if I do what I'm supposed to do, that'll make me who I am? Doesn't even make sense. How is what you're doing making you who you are? You are who you are because that's who you are. And the ideal, healthiest situation is you're expressing that in your doing. We all agree the healthiest way of doing for a Jew is to do in alignment with their being, is to behave like a Fromayid, obviously. But the behavior isn't what makes you who you are. 
You're, you're not, you, doing mitzvahs doesn't make you Jewish. Being a Jew is what you're expressing when you do mitzvahs. And if you're not doing mitzvahs, although so even, even the people we say don't do mitzvahs, they're really out, constantly doing mitzvahs. But quote-unquote, you're not doing mitzvahs? Okay, so you're not expressing who you are, but it doesn't change who you are. And even at the moment you're doing an Aveda, you are who you are. So the identity of a Jew never changes. It's unconditional. And what are we in awe of in a Jew? Who they are, their essence. Chelek elikamimau. And that never changes. Even when a person is doing things that are directly antithetical to their identity. So what I'm telling you is this is not a TP question. This is basic Yiddishkeit. How should you look at a Jew? Should you look at them as having conditional worth? Having to acquire their worth? Having to prove it and and earn it? Or should you look at them as having an essential identity? They are who they are. They are a chelikelikamimal. And ideally, when people are healthy and happy, they'll express that in their behaviors. And if they're not able yet to express it in their behaviors, fine, but that doesn't change who they are. And more importantly, because I don't want this to remain on the level of religious philosophy, when I say it doesn't change who they are, Let's say this in very emotional terms, practical emotional terms. It doesn't change our emotional reaction to them. So even when they're behaving in ways that we don't particularly care for, we're still proud of who they are. It's a very difficult concept to grasp because we normally think of pride as I'm proud of what you did. Accomplishment-based pride. I'm proud of your accomplishment. This is a different type of pride. This is my sayyad elihispoer. Hashem says, I'm proud of the Jews just because they are the Jews. It has nothing to do with the Jews' level of observance. So, this is not a TP question. And I told you this last time that I was here, that really, those who paid the tuition, you know, who earned this education... And the price for the, for, for the education is a lot more than just uh, regular skar limud. Those who got the education here really are the ones who have to teach the entire community about this. Because this is far more than just teaching people to be compassionate for OTD kids. This is about teaching people basic Yiddishkeit, which is lacking. People don't understand the identity of a Jew. They don't understand what makes a Jew Jewish. That, that's a big problem. And you can say, well, you gotta teach them. You know, learn, learn Ksiddhis with them, and learn about a chelik elika, mimal, and learn, mamish, that even, mamish means even, mamoshes, even in a body, it's still, uh, on the shama. And, you know what? That's a nice theory. The problem is, I've seen too many people who learn those svarim, and they also don't get it. So I guess they need to hear it from you. They need to, be, to hear it from people who put their money where their mouth is, people who really live it. So I, I reject the premise that this is a TP question. If you give a kid acceptance, why will he ever change? You mean, if I tell you the truth about you, that's going to damage you? If I know that you are a neshama, and that you can never do anything to change that, if I know you have infinite value in Hashem's eyes, and nothing you do can ever change that, 
how would that hurt you? How could that ever? Tell me any scenario where telling that truth would be wrong. It's wrong not to tell that truth. We tell a lie when we tell people that in order to have worth, in order to have value, you need to do certain things. That's not true. You're reversing the cause and effect. It's a terrible reversal. Tell them the truth. You have value, infinite value, unconditional value, intrinsic value. Infinite means there's no limit to it. Unconditional means it cannot change. Intrinsic means it's within you. You don't have to go out and acquire it. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to go get it. So you have infinite, unconditional, intrinsic value. And therefore, I'm going to teach you about mitzvahs so you can express that. And if you already know about mitzvahs and you're not doing them, then clearly that's not the issue. I need to go back to telling you that you have unconditional, infinite, intrinsic value. See, if a person is a tenekshinishba, he doesn't know about mitzvahs. Clearly that's the issue. He doesn't know about it. But even him, I'm not going to tell him that doing the mitzvahs will give him his Jewish identity. I'll tell him the exact opposite, the truth. I'll tell him his Jewish identity is already there, always always was there, and he'll express his Jewish identity, his unchanging Jewish identity, by doing mitzvahs. But what if somebody already knows about mitzvahs? Then clearly they don't need to hear about mitzvahs, they need to hear about their unchanging identity. And not just hear about it by paying lip service to it, they have to see that my reaction to them that the geschmack I have in looking at their face is exactly the same no matter where they just walked in the door from. No matter what they smell like and what, they, what I know they were doing or who they were with, that I should have the same nachas when they walk through the door. Not the nachas in their maisim. I'm not, talking, I'm not pretending not in that much denial. I'm saying the nachas from their neshama. Oh, who sees neshamas? Only tzaddikim. So you have to be tzaddikim. Vamech kulam tzaddikim. Then when they walk through the door, should have as much pleasure at looking at their beautiful face, whether they walked in from yeshiva or they walked in from the crack house. Because that didn't change. Their intrinsic value didn't change. It's not based on where they're walking in from. They don't get their value from, from, from the fact that they're in yeshiva. No. You express, a healthy person expresses their value and their identity by learning Torah and sitting in yeshiva. But if they're not doing that, it's not because they don't know that that's a, a good thing to do. It's because they don't know that that's who they are. So we have to tell it to them. And again, not telling them by saying speeches like I'm saying right now. These speeches are worthless. You tell it to them by your reaction. When you feel pain, when you see somebody, there are micro-expressions. There's body language that you cannot cover. A person knows it, they feel it. They feel the rejection. When you feel pleasure when you see somebody, somebody walks in the room and you light up because this is, this is my favorite person. They feel that. They feel that. So the greatest thing that you can do for your child's mental, emotional, and yes, spiritual health is to light up when they enter a room. When they walk in the room, you see them, and it's not an act. It's real because the Abishta just walked into the room. This kid who's coming from God knows where, doing God knows what with God knows who, he just walked in the house, you let because the Abish there just walked in the room. What makes people change? And on a practical level, I could just tell you practically that what Rabbi Shays is saying, 
on a practical level, with all the, without the depth of it, is when you're the closest people to your kids, they're going to want to be like you. And when you put light into their confusion, they'll work it out over time. If you give them another face that's, I'm disappointed in you, you lost because you pushed them. Now they're stuck with the evil, with the devil. They're stuck with the other side. They're married to it. They can't admit and, and walk away from that. We need to be there for our kids, especially in this room. Like you said, the ticket to get into this room is a very expensive ticket to have kids who are really, um, nothing else is going to work. So Hashem should give us all siyata deshmaya and to take the responsibility that we have to save the neshamas that we can and to be a voice of clarity to the world on a topic that is so confusing that people just don't, they don't see any of it. How does any of this work? Thank you very much for joining us. We're going to dive in together.